Good morning. It is Money Talk with James Ross. It's nine minutes to nine and we cross back to Washington now uh, to speak once again to uh, Barry Wood, our international economics correspondent uh, there. Yes, in Washington, D.C. Uh, Barry, nice to have you back. Uh, what are some of the other big issues that are going on in the U.S.? I guess, you know, the guns are out again, so to speak, unfortunately. Well, you're right. The tragedy in Nashville, Tennessee is really dominating, I think, public interest and the news. And it's a huge tragedy. I mean, someone killing nine-year-old children, having a weapon of that military style. I think people around the world, I know in Hong Kong, ask the question, how can that be? Hmm. How could this kind of weapon be made available? And yet it is. I mean, it's a terrible tragedy, and we hear these terrible tragedies, um, I guess, almost weekly, it seems, uh, from over here. Uh, the uh, the issue, I guess, is the gun lobby and uh, how much weight and sway they have, because they do have quite a big economic weight, don't they? Well, you're right, and it really comes down to one organization called the National Rifle Association, which was founded in 1871, not too long after the American Civil War, to promote responsible use of firearms. (laughs) Isn't that ironic? Mm, mm. Uh, And now in uh, this period, uh, 140 years later, it's seen as the uh, principal defense of saying you can't take away our guns. And you hear that from politicians, particularly people like Donald Trump and others who really say that uh, there's a danger that uh, the government would like to take away your guns. May I go back to 1791 mm. when this um, you like Bill your Bryce, You like your history, Barry, we, and we like Well, I, I do, I confess, <laughs> but I have a theory, James, and that is we need a debate in the United States that is relatively as free as can be of emotion Mm. about what the Second Amendment to the Constitution says. It's only one sentence. Let me read it. Article 2 of the Bill of Rights. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Well, Mm. think of it. We had muskets and pistols that uh, were flintlocks. They could carry a single bullet. That's the weapons of the time. And by the way, why did we have that uh, Bill of Rights on, on guns? It was simply because we had no standing army and we wanted to really exemplify the notion of the citizen soldier. The idea that each state, which even today sets its own regulations on guns, that they would allow each state to have a militia. Well, that's a far cry from someone having a automatic weapon used by the military to crash into a school. Mm. Anyway, that's that's my point on this, James. And I, I think that a debate has to involve the National Rifle Association. They only have five million members. We're a nation of 320 million people. Their their power is far in excess of their numbers and their budget. So, regrettably, the whole thing is so emotional. I think if we step back and say, all right, 
No one's going to go after hunters. No one's going to go after a person who wants to defend his or her home or flat against an intruder. That's not the point. But what about these weapons that are really just for mass killings? That's the issue. I guess the question about those five million members is who are they? Um, it's, recommend, it's reckoned that the, uh, the U.S. firearm industry is worth approximately $28 billion. With the most firearms in the world, the, the industry contributes as much as $51.3 billion to the economy every year. Are the members also those people that are those organizations that are manufacturing firearms and are making money out of firearms, Barry? Yes, they are. They are making a lot of money, and yes, they're heavy lobbyists. But, uh, you know, we have many weapons that come into this country from Europe, from Israel, particularly from Germany and Europe. So it's, it's not an American thing. But the idea of not taking away guns is a uniquely American thing. And I think if people were to look at what this country was like with two and a half million people in 17... 76 when we declared independence from Britain they would come to a conclusion that my goodness this is a very different world so these assault weapons now listen let me just go to these various states only nine states of the 50 have banned automatic weapons only nine in the state of Tennessee where this latest tragedy occurred there is no law against assault weapons and in Tennessee anyone can carry a handgun without a permit now they do have to undergo a background check the extent to which that is rigorous I don't know but and you must be 21 years of age but that didn't stop this uh, this shooter in Nashville from what purchasing seven or eight weapons so I think you've got to have a debate that is not political and somehow can just talk about public safety but isn't uh, you know aren't things in a sort of state of paralysis you know neither side if you like you know can raise it and nobody wants really to get into that debate so how do you get that debate going well that's what leadership's all about I think that's what uh, a president has to do, that's what state governors have to do, that's what radio commentators have to do, and you have to present it as a matter of public safety. You know, you, you can't have people who have no training with weapons and having access to weapons that have, you know, how many different cartridges, you know, up to 20? This is outrageous. But it has to be done in a way that doesn't alienate the hunters and the strong Second Amendment people who say, don't take away our guns. I think you have to present it as saying, we're not taking away your guns, we're just making the country safer. I mean, I guess the debate will, will go on. You know, is there anything in the short-term agenda that, that uh, looks like it might come to the surface and, and be discussed in a, in a bigger and better way? There was some legislation that... Um, came close to being approved in the last few months about assault weapons. But again, you run up against this problem of whether you're going to have a national policy or whether you're going to leave it to the 50 states. Anyone knows who traveled in the states or even looked at the map, if you buy a weapon in a state that has no controls and take it across state lines, we don't have border checks at state frontiers, 
to a state that has very tough controls, what's the difference? So mm. in that sense, you probably need something that is national. That's really hard to get to. But I think we have to get talking about this and we have to talk about the lives that have been lost. Mm. I know that people in the White House will say, we've been doing that endlessly. We can't get anywhere. But then one has to go against this organization, the NRA, and say, hold it. We want you to be the advocates for gun safety. That's where well, you started in 1871. Just do it. Well, we uh, will watch with interest. Barry Wood is uh, RTHK's international economics correspondent in Washington. Thank you, Barry.